Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Daniel Aaron Dilger, sometimes of Roughly Drafted Magazine and almost always of Apple Insider. You'll also hear from Johnny Evans, Computer World's Apple Holic. Lots to talk about this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah! We have Daniel Aaron Dilger, cutting edge commentator who writes with Apple Insider. And on a rare, rare, did I say rare occasion, you might find him on his own blog, Roughly Drafted Magazine. Daniel, welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live. The first question being, it's been a long while since you've had anything on your own blog. Can we have you do it again? Yeah, I'd like to. I have, I'm working on a couple of things, but I'm having trouble even having access to my original Roughly Drafted. So that's kind of part of the reason why I have to work that out. Okay, so you have a WordPress problem then? No, it's not a WordPress problem. It's a host problem. Well, those aren't fun. <laughs> it's always something. You said you were having problems with actual WordPress. Like the next right. Version of the yeah, I installed the new version 4.5. And a lot of people who use WordPress know about it. So now I cannot switch from the visual to the text editor. And the visual toolbar does not work anymore. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's, that's a bummer when you think you're upgrading and you're ending up <laughs> regressing <laughs> with new problems that you didn't realize could even be possible. I was looking at the list of bugs every time you upgrade Windows 10. And people complain about how many problems Apple has had with El Capi 10 and iOS 9. But you take a look at what Windows users have with Windows 10, and you will find it's a real wake-up call. Yeah, it's a mess. You know, it really is. And it's also, you see all these stupid commercials on TV, these lifestyle commercials, and they're rather misleading. <laughs> well, I'll give you one here. So we have, for example, somebody, an artist with a British accent. And I assume they did that because they wanted somebody who would seem to sound like Jonathan Ive. And he's showing you how you could draw on the touch screen on a PC using Windows 10. Not considering the fact that, well, if you want to draw, you want to do that, get yourself an iPad with an Apple Pencil, which is a lot better. Very misleading. I especially hate the ones with these women talking about bugs and you see insects on the screen. And this commercial always comes on when Barbara and I are having dinner. We really want to know about insects when we're having dinner. Yeah, Windows 10, there was a lot of hype about how that was Microsoft was going to get its stuff together with Windows 10. And it was kind of the same story we heard with Windows 7 and Windows 8. It was like, oh, now they've figured it out. They've got it down. They're adding the start menu back. Everything's going to be great and then going forward. And the big story with Windows 10 is that you'd have Windows 10 on the phone, Windows 10 mobile, and you have Windows 10 on desktops. And desk there's so many PCs out there that it just means there's going to be a huge market for apps that work everywhere. They work on these new slate devices, reconfigurable tablet slash notebook things will work on smartphones or work on everything. So you'll have apps for your smartphone and you'll have a modern PC experience and all this stuff. It hasn't worked out as well as they've advertised. Didn't, didn't really work out at all. It has really done nothing to change the status of Windows Mobile on phones because there's still no apps. It's actually kind of surprising to me how badly it's, it's gone because Microsoft does still have quite a lot of clout in, on the PC. Um, they're incrementally losing that. And kind of incredibly to 
to Apple because Apple only sells Macs that are fairly expensive. I mean, particularly compared to the average selling price of PCs, which I think is now around $300. So the fact that Apple is continuing to win market share with Macs that start, they have a couple low-end models that do start under $1,000, but the majority of what Apple's selling are, are notebooks that cost more than $1,000. So it's pretty incredible that Apple's doing that in PCs, but it's not terribly surprising if you look at phones, it's the same thing happening, or tablets. People keep talking about, I mean, these research companies that keep talking about how you know, iPads were losing market share and losing volume share or, or losing volume. But compared to everybody else's tablets, Apple's doing incredibly well. There was a survey, which comes from one of the major market research firms, of teens pointing out the vast majority of teens want to buy iPhones. They want to buy iPads. They want to buy Apple Watches if they're willing to invest in a smartwatch. And this is the teens, you know, you got to reach the young people. And Apple continues to do that 40 years after it was founded. Apple's still doing that. But let's maybe focus on a few more of the issues here with regard to all this. All right. So the big story has been the Apple FBI problem where the FBI tried to unlock an iPhone 5C, couldn't ask Apple to do it. And even if they had to build a new version of the operating system, which they opposed. But finally, we heard a story. They had found somebody to do it. And that somebody was first presumed to be Celebrite, a mobile forensics company from Israel. But now the Washington Post says no. It was a group of hackers who found a zero-day exploit that impacted an iPhone 5C, and only an iPhone 5C. Now, for those who don't follow security, what is a zero-day exploit? It sounds like a sale of some kind. So my understanding of a zero-day exploit is it's some kind of flaw in the software that is out there immediately and can be immediately exploited. It's something that, that can actually happen right now. So it's just a matter of how quickly it can be done. Okay, so they find this exploit. They make it work in 26 minutes, according to one published report. Now, when someone discovers a zero-day exploit, and we assume they're honest people, aren't they honor-bound to tell the developer of that product about the problem? Well, I think ethically that's the idea. Yeah, if you, if you find a flaw that can be immediately exploited, the idea of what you're supposed to do is report it to the company and give them 30 or what is it, 90 days? It's usually the customary idea is, is you give them 90 days to fix the problem before you go public with it or share it to other people with the idea that they can actually fix the problem before it becomes known about. Uh, what they call black hat hackers, I mean, the whole point of what they're trying to do is find flaws that they can uh, exploit. And we see that, of course, with Android, that there's constantly people that have attacks. So it's Before Android, it was Windows, that people would find flaws that instead of reporting them to get them fixed, they would use them to exploit people, whether stealing information or defrauding people in various ways. The, the idea of a white hat hacker is somebody who finds exploits and uses them to make things stronger. So they're either selling a number of vendors offer bounties. If you find a flaw in their product, they will give you money to tell them about it so that they can fix it. I believe Apple has a policy of not really paying bounties. But in this case, it's like they're selling it to law enforcement, which is not a new thing. This is this has been going on for a very long time. You know, the FBI, security companies of all sorts have always been working together to uh, use what they know to access information that otherwise would be difficult to access. 
they, we use it against state enemies, we use it against criminals, um, and it's probably abused in, in a lot of cases. But um, yeah, this is not something that's new. Uh, so in the case of the iPhone, in any kind of platform, there's going to be flaws. And like you said, this is specific to the generation of iPhone 5C, which doesn't have some of the same hardware uh, mechanisms of later phones that uh, use a, like an A7 chip or, or the security element that's related to Apple Pay, things like that. Um, but it's, it's a constant kind of cat and mouse game between people who are looking for flaws. And of course, Apple and other vendors are working to prevent flaws in their platform. We've seen this a lot more in, in public conversations about jailbreaking because jailbreaking is basically defeating the security system that Apple's built into iPhones to prevent uh, theft of apps and things like that, to prevent code that's not designed by Apple from running on the phone. And there's always been, I mean, there's, there's constantly new discoveries of, hey, well, here's an exploit that we can use. And some of them are very esoteric. It's not, it's not like Apple just left a big hole in the system. It's sometimes it's something very, um, some very convoluted hack that allows you to bypass the security system. Let's do our break here. Okay. Daniel Aaron Dilger with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I want to tell you first, before we get back to Daniel, that we have a special version of the show that you can get from Tech Night Owl Plus. It's ad-free. It's higher-quality audio. It's available for a modest subscription rate. So if you want the special version with more features coming, check plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider and on a rare occasion, Roughly Drafted Magazine is joining us. He's explaining to us this flaw that was exploited to allow the FBI to break into an iPhone 5C. Now, we're assuming here a group of hackers comes to the FBI, offers their services. Now, would those hackers consider going to Apple, or does that require the FBI saying you have permission? Um, That's kind of an opinion question, I guess. (laughs) So, I mean, it kind of depends on what you think. But, um, yeah, I mean, somebody finds a flaw... You know, you could think about it as if somebody found a way to break into your building, do they have a responsibility to come to you and say, hey, I found this way that people can break into your building? It would obviously be, you'd probably think it was a bad thing if they went and told thieves how to break into your building so they could steal your stuff. But if they're going to the police with it to say, hey, here's a a security problem, a security issue that you can use to monitor thieves, then, you know, maybe setting up a trap to catch thieves, then it's kind of a little bit different situation. So yeah, it kind of depends on what you're, where you are and how you look at things. But my perspective on this is that the issue that was involved before 
wasn't that it's bad for the FBI to be able to break into this phone. Because that's kind of their job. Whether it's the FBI or the NSA or the CAA, I mean, it's their job to figure out how to break into things. And whether, the, whether what they're doing is correct or righteous or whatever, you know, is subjective. But what is not correct is that the FBI can tell Apple, you have to break your software so that we can have access to this without doing the work on our own. That was the issue. And that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to get the court to force Apple to release, to either do an enormous amount of work or release their, their own code to the police so that the police could, you know, they'd have kind of broadless, boundless power to hack into anyone's phone. And that, that to me, I think is pretty clearly in a, a huge government overreach for the government to be telling private companies that you have to defeat your software so that the government, which has a track record of kind of losing track of its stuff, can access anybody's stuff with only, you know, asking a private court for a rubber stamping on a, on a warrant case. That's the inappropriate part. For, so for the government to bypass Apple and find a, some kind of security expert, whether it's a different company or somebody that's working for them or somebody they've hired, whatever, I don't see that as a problem. I mean, that's kind of their job. They're supposed to break into things. And it's Apple's job to be aware of what exploits can be used in this way and to close them. Now, on the basis of the description, does that give Apple a clue where to look? Or is it just too vague? I, now, I haven't looked into the exact details of how it works or how it's ex- explained to work. I don't think there has been a lot of detail on how it works because that would kind of defeat the purpose. I mean, if you bought, what, it's like what they say about news. If you're a journalist, you know, until you report the news, the news is infinitely valuable. And as soon as you report it, it has no value whatsoever because immediately everybody else can use it. Yes, they don't know the method. They know it's a zero-day exploit, evidently. They know it took 26 minutes to accomplish. So does that mean Apple's security team now is going to test for possibilities, look at maybe stuff that the hackers have reported to them to try to make a good, educated guess what they might look for? I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're constantly doing that. They're working on finding exploits. So knowing that there is something that that works as an exploit would give you some clues. I don't know how much help that would be, but... But not only uh, is it Apple's job to make sure that older phones like the 5C get updates that close vulnerabilities like that, but also with their current phones, the ones that they're currently selling now, they're not subject to that same flaw. And their future phones, you know, when iPhone 7 comes out, when iOS 10 comes out, that's going to introduce new levels of protection. So it's a constant iteration of making sure that any holes that they have found out about are closed. Well, of course, Apple knows that and there are and the things fact that, that, only that they, there are things they always have to work on. But also bear in mind here is that because a security flaw exists, it isn't always easy in the real world to do something about it. You've got to have physical access to the phone in this case. It's not like you do it online. Right. So, you know, there could be issues that Apple is aware of and you know, since the last release of an iOS version, they're certainly constantly finding out new things about it and working to close things and also working to create new mechanisms that totally block off entire avenues of exploit. And that's one of the things that was introduced with the 5S and um, the security that enables Apple Pay. 
and other security mechanisms in, in um, iOS 9. So it, it's, like I said, it's a constant thing. And the fact that this exploit only affects an older generation phone is an indication that what Apple's doing is securing the majority of their phones. Whether or not uh, this this specific exploit is something that Apple is aware of or how to how to solve. I, I've heard some stories about um, there's some question about whether the police are supposed to give this information to Apple. But if you look at other we've reported on a series of law enforcement tools that are used to exploit phones. And all the ones that I've seen have always listed that they can exploit all kinds of Android phones. Uh, but with iOS, it's always been a thing that the phone had to be jailbroken first. Now, I want to get to this, too. All right. We know that we have all this talk about the iPhone and the problems the FBI had. And in this case, they got what they called gray hat hackers. Well, I guess who are beholden to nobody to do the D. But we don't hear anything about problems with unlocking Android phones. Not a whit. It's always about the iPhone. Does this mean that the FBI has no problems, whatever, or criminals only use iPhones? Well, the majority of Android phones have very little security. And in fact, you know, if you look at encryption, Android has been kind of mentioning encryption on occasion, full disk encryption. Um, but even on the most recent phones, um, only a very few, only a slight number of the most recent phones have it even as an option. And a lot of it boils down to the fact that because, and because Google's operating system is targeting a, such a broad range of devices, it can't use the very specialized uh, hardware encryption that Apple has been using since, I think, iPhone 3GS. So the key here is that... To encrypt in hardware. Right. They don't encrypt so in hardware. Really... For Android, and I talked to a security guy, uh, Dr. Timothy Summers, an ethical hacker. And I'll have your answer after we split for a break. But he said here that on Android, encryption is done in software. We'll get right. into more of that in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. 
Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis, 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So we have a software-based encryption on Android phones. Now, one thing that Dr. Summer said to me is you aren't restricted to one type of encryption. You could use multiple levels of encryption on an Android phone. Yeah, I mean, there's different options. Uh, The biggest difference between software and hardware encryption, it's kind of like hardware and software codecs for um, compressing video. You can kind of do anything in software, but it's much slower. It's tremendously slower. So if if you're doing encryption on a chip in hardware, you can do extremely rapid encryption in a way that's kind of not even noticed. Whereas on Android, if you turn on encryption, even on some of these quite fast phones that are sort of on the level of iPhone, modern iPhones, 
is that it's still so slow that it bogs down your phone to have it on. And a lot of people just turn it off because it's so slow. So they turn it on, try it for a minute, and it's just like their phone is unusably slow. So they turn it off. So encryption doesn't work. And encryption is not the only security issue involved on a mobile phone, of course. Apple puts up a lot of barriers to prevent background things from working. It's much harder on iOS to create a real app that goes behind the scenes and steals data from other apps or pulls information from the operating system in ways that, you know, Apple has a lot of barriers to prevent developers from even having access to things. And for Google, I mean, part of the reason why Google doesn't care about those issues is because they're wanting to track all this information in the background and seeing where you're at and what kind of other things you're doing in the browser and cross-hatching your browser behaviors with your behaviors and apps to see how they can best serve up ads. And so it's not an app in Google's benefit to introduce these kind of restrictions to prevent app developers from doing things that are inappropriate because that's Google's business model is watching what you're doing and selling you ads because you're not the customer. You're the, you're being sold advertising to Google's real customers who are advertisers. So there's a totally different sense of security on Android and iOS. And that's why the discussion about iOS and security encryption is, is a story. Whereas on Android, it's, it's not even something to discuss because it's not even an issue for Google. Google doesn't care about your data being secured or, or limited from advertisers spying on it. I mean, of course not. It's a completely different situation. So to, to compare them to it, it's just kind of silly. But it's been like throughout the history of smartphones of the last decade, law enforcement has had routine access to Android, whereas to have access to an iPhone, they've tools required jailbreaking. Now, remember that in the past, jailbreaking, if you had a physical phone, if you have the iPhone, it's often not impossible to jailbreak. Okay, but what if the iPhone is locked with the password? Well, in in some cases, you can plug it in and override what's going on, and especially with older iPhones. But what, I'm, what we're talking about with the constant iteration of making iPhones more and more protected, the fact that you have stronger and stronger passcodes and you have stronger encryption and you have encryption protected in hardware so that we have this mechanism to where you have to put in your passcode and you can't just manually try a bunch of things until it works, this kind of brute force um, unlocking. And really the whole history of Apple working to stop jailbreaking, I mean, jailbreaking is really the the breaking of the security system. And that's kind of why it's required to, to bypass and you know, spy on a phone, even if you're law enforcement, is because you have to get past the security system. And that security system keeps getting more and more sophisticated and harder to get past. And that's why the FBI is now kind of throwing up their hands, especially in the last couple of years. And it's, a lot of it is related to the, the level of security that Apple has built in to protect users from um, particularly, I mean, a lot of it is tied into Apple Pay, you know, we, we want to have security on our photos and our messages and things like that. But specifically, if you, if you you cannot trust a system with your account and, and expect to make purchases with it, if there's not a lot of well-thought-out security protecting that information. And under Android, it's already become a problem because of SMS payments. So there's been a lot of exploits, especially overseas, where... Malware just distributes broadly this ability to bill you for things over SMS. They're just billing your phone for a bunch of stuff. And that's never really been a problem on, on iOS, but 
a, a large part of it is because there's more security. But moving forward, for Apple to want to introduce something like Apple Pay, and you know, there's other stuff coming in the future, especially, especially things like your health kit information, that has to be protected. It's in a lot of countries, including the United States, your healthcare information is rigorously protected by law. And if Apple or something were, they could face a huge liability for releasing information because of their own mistake. So there's been a lot of thought going into how to make iPhones very secure. So it's not only your financial information, but your health information, all your private um, communications and mail, um, your identity information, even your you know access to your home, you know, with HomeKit and, and having locks and windows and, you know, security system and things like that, having cameras in your house that could monitor you if they weren't secured. Apple's put a lot of, inf- lot of thought into developing systems that are very secure. And Google has not really done any of that. They've kind of I- issued some of these copies, but it's all subject to who, you know, who knows what. And it's very difficult for Google to even do that because they don't have a consistent uh, phone hardware to do those kind of things. And that's why Google has worked on a lot of these efforts like Silver and a, a couple things in other countries trying to make a standardized phone that has sort of specific features so they can at least do things like, you know, introducing encryption and some of these other features, but they're just not there yet. And it's, they'll never be there because you just can't. I mean, it's, it's impossibly difficult. This is the issue with Android. Over the years, Google has made proclamations about fixing the problem with getting updates installed, especially with security. But we're talking here of hundreds of millions of Android phones out there that will never get operating system upgrades, will never get upgrades for security. And part of the problem is that Android may be updated, but then that update goes to the manufacturer. They have to decide whether to deploy it. So they'll test it. And then it has to go to the carrier to push it. So it becomes a big mess. Because the carrier may at the end of the day say, why are we bothering? After all, we already sold them the phone. Yeah, you, Google is really the model of, of Android is, is similar in some ways to, to Windows, but without as much control. I mean, Microsoft has actually exerted quite a lot of control over Windows with PC makers. And yet there were still a lot of problems with having kind of inconsistent hardware and things that didn't really work. And, um, you know, it was very difficult for Microsoft to even uh, create a secure enough operating system just working with the, you know, higher tier PC makers. And with Google, I mean, a lot of the phones that Google, that's running Google's Android are, the majority of them are Chinese companies who really don't care about any of these issues. And even the ones that, that sort of care about their reputation are still pressured, I mean, the fact that Android phones cost on average like $200, they can't afford to care. The majority of phones they're making, even Samsung, which, you know, Samsung does sell, some of these top tier Android makers sell phones that are similar price to the iPhone on the top level, but the majority of the phones they sell and the majority of phones they've always sold have always been very low end phones. So they can't put the same effort into security systems because there's just not enough money. They have to sell at such a low price. Uh, and th- these are all things that Google has sort of tried to make progress on, but their efforts have just repeatedly failed. Now, let's talk about a specific example of selling hardware. So, for example, the 
Samsung Galaxy S7 supposedly is successful, one of their most successful smartphones in recent years. And we'll do a break in a moment, and then Daniel will have a response. So look how successful this is. In the first 30 days, first month, they sold 9 million units. Now, remember, the last iPhone, the iPhone 6S, Apple sold more than that in a single weekend. And Samsung, it takes them a full month to come close even to matching what Apple offered. We got more to come with Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again... 
Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Farmington, New Mexico, Thursday, May 12th at 7 p.m. Go to www.cdocinfarmington.com. That's www.cdocinfarmington.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So look at the scale, folks. Samsung, in a full month of their flagship Galaxy S7, cannot manage to sell as many as Apple can sell iPhones in a single weekend. Daniel. So I remember with Samsung phones, um, I think it started with the 4 is the year that they crashed. And it kind of struggled in the market. And iPhone 6 just obliterated everything. And then six months later, it came out with the fifth Samsung phone. And it also tanked. And it had a number of things that even Android fans didn't like about it. And it again hit pretty low. I think it was slightly better by the end of the year, but slightly better than terrible because the previous version, I mean, the previous year, their sales just rock bottomed. And with their latest phone, they're talking about it being like 10% better, but 10% above terrible. If you look at how much money that Samsung had been making, iPhone 6 destroyed it. So the fact that they're 10% better than those destruction numbers is really, you know, putting a thick layer of paint on, on the reality. It's kind of crazy how all the news is, is such is spun in such an alarmingly dishonest way. So it's also with PC numbers that just came out and they're talking about Lenovo and how they're, they're beating Apple in, in growing. It's like Lenovo's numbers were down like something like 7%. They didn't weren't as bad as the entire PC industry, but they were down quite dramatically. Apple's were up 1%, which is kind of crazy for Macs to be making that much progress as the rest of the PC industry implodes. But they spun it as being like, oh, Lenovo's doing better. Well, not really. And the same thing with Samsung. It's like, oh, they're, they're doing the slightly better thing while Apple is going sideways. And it's like, Apple is way ahead and has been always way ahead. Samsung has never sold more premium phones than Apple. They've sold more smartphones but they're not making any money. So they can sell twice or even more times as many phones as Apple and still be making half or at their peak, they were making half as much as Apple. Now they're making something like four to five, a fourth or a fifth of what Apple makes. So 
a lot of this, you know, the Samsung seven generation phone is doing better. Well, it's doing better than awful and it's doing only slightly better than awful. So it's not really time to ring any bells. Investors for Samsung are, are not real positive on what the smartphone is going to do for Samsung. Now, I'm just looking over AT&T. Now, after a few months, occasionally you'll see a sale where you buy one iPhone on some type of time payment plan or AT&T Next where you lease it and then every 18 months or 12 months or two years you can upgrade. And occasionally they'll have an offer like, we'll give you a free iPhone if you open another line. You get yourself a new phone line, we'll get you another iPhone. So they're making up for what they're losing one way or the other. But now we see an offer from AT&T where you can get a Samsung Galaxy S7, a brand new model for zero down. They're discounting the thing from day one, not six months later, to boost sales. Yeah, that's kind of par for the course. I mean, they're, they're giving away as much as they can. And it's kind of difficult for them to, like, throw in a TV or a tablet or something, too. I mean, that's kind of what they have to do. It's really incredible to me that it's, it's, not, it's not repeated more often that Android phones are already starting out at so, so much lower average selling price. Except for the Galaxy S7. The Galaxy's flagships are about the same price as iPhones. The retail price is the same, but average selling price means the price they're actually selling at. And Samsung's average selling price is nowhere near its, re- its retail price. Where Apple's is higher than its base retail price. I mean, the base real t- retail price of the iPhone 6 is what? Is it $600? It's, six, it's 649 for the iPhone 6S for the base model. If you get and an Apple's iPhone 6, it's $100 less. If you get an iPhone SE, it's 399 Yeah, but Apple's ASP, their average selling price for iPhones, is higher than the price of an iPhone 6. Like It's a little higher than the base price because you're in considering the lower-cost phones. And that people are upgrading. They're, they're choosing for higher-capacity phones and you know paying the premium for the plus, things like that. Exactly. Whereas, what's the average sale price of a Samsung phone? Like half as much? I'd have to look it up. I don't want to just like guess, but it, it is considerably lower. It, I would say it's in the area of three to four hundred dollars. Whereas the average the average price of Android phones is um, it's in the high two hundreds. I think. Last year, I saw something from July two thousand fifteen. The average selling price for Samsung smartphones was then below $300. Yeah, that's the whole portfolio, I believe. Of course, because they're comparing but yeah, that's, it to that's the cheap jump. But that's the point. Yeah. And that doesn't mean Apple's sale prices are high because Apple is charging standard prices for its iPhone for high-end models. It's standard. This is nothing unusual. It's just that Samsung has a lot of junk. And it's also because when they come up with a new model to push units, they will always have these two-for-one sales or zero down or something. It's like buying a brand new car and suddenly they're handing you a check for $2,000 to do it. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that aren't included in that as well. I mean, the accounting of different companies is very different in terms of how they, how they handle their promotion and discounting and things like that. Sometimes that's, that promotion expense is not included into that. Um, where Apple is sort of the beneficiary of a lot of free promotion because they can make an announcement and everybody talks about it without Apple having to pay a lot of money to advertise it. 
So there's there's a number of variables that are also like you can't always just compare everything on an even level, but it's very clear that like we're saying that the average selling price of Samsung's phones is dramatically less. And that's not making a difference to consumers. They're not rushing out and saying, oh, I'm going to pay half as much to get this Android phone because it's almost as good. That's not happening. Now, just to show you something, this is back in 2014. The average price then of an iPhone was $649. It's a little higher now. Android smartphones, the average sale price, this is all companies, but based mostly on Samsung, was 247 then, so it's a little higher, a little better now. That tells you a lot. Now, let's get back to some other issues here because we don't have much time. And that is, back to Apple. We have the iPhone SE, which is not a replacement for anything but the cheapest iPhone. They felt that people needed a 4-inch iPhone, and I agree. Kirk McElhern, one of our regular guests, got himself an iPhone SE for the simple reason that he preferred a a smaller iPhone. So Apple gives something with most of the hardware comparable to the current iPhone 6S series. They cut the price to $399. And now the critics are saying, absent any information, solid information, oh, it's got to be a failure. What's that about? Well, this is kind of consistently what they've been always doing. Um, remember when they were talking about, oh, Apple needs to come out with a cheap phone and they came out with the, the 5S and they were like, oh, is it, this is not cheap enough was supposed to be like $300. And at the same time, they were selling, oh, it's not selling because the, the S, people are buying the 5S, the more fancier one. It's like, well, what a stupid thing to say. And any, any, region, any company that's selling products wants people to buy their most expensive, nicest version. It's certainly not a failure that people were choosing that. And it, it's actually um, the best thing that could possibly happen to Apple to have people upselling themselves. Well, the but, thing is also true that, with any company, Daniel. But even you'll have that, multiple products to fill different markets, and not yes. everyone will be the single bestseller. That's impossible. So maybe Apple sells more units of the Apple 6S and other models, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't produce a 6S Plus. It doesn't mean they shouldn't produce a 5SE. They are catering to the needs of different customers, and for a lesser or greater degree, it's not whether... Each line sells the most because that's impossible. Each one has to achieve its own level. It's whether among the competition it's doing well in that particular right. and, category. And, and the criticism wasn't that um, that the 5C wasn't selling well because actually the 5C was outselling everything except for if you look at the top models in the United States, there was Samsung had a model that was uh, like two tiers below the iPhone, and then the 5C was was kind of neck and neck with that. So it's kind of crazy that there was no phones beating Apple's high-end iPhones for all those years, even though they were bigger and they, you know, obviously looked, you know, if you just walk up to a display of phones and you have these huge phablets and then you have the little tiny 5S and the little tiny 5C, and you think, well, who's going to buy those? Most people were buying those. Let's get into more of this our next segment with... Daniel Aaron Dilger, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all... Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So here's the point. At the time that the iPhone 5C was thought to be a failure, it matched or outsold all the smartphones out there other than Apple's current flagship phones. What I'm hearing now with regard to the iPhone SE is that after the initial sales, and we don't know what they were, possibly when Apple releases its financials, they'll tell us. After the initial sales, they've become rather hard to get. You want to buy one, you've got to wait a couple of weeks. Now, that to me is not an indication of a product that's not successful. Yeah. I mean, some could say maybe they had production problems, but really, it's taking a lot of existing stuff and repackaging it. So it may be more successful than Apple expected. Yeah, the fact that they didn't radically change the design of it, the fact that they were using basically the same, the 5S design, uh would indicate that it's much easier and, of course, also less expensive to build than it would be if, if they had completely resigned it and had some, you know, totally new design for it. So, yeah, it's, it's probably not suffering from very many uh, production problems. Quite straightforward to build. We're, we're certainly not going to see a breakdown in Apple's official numbers of how many phones they sold because they never do that. They might but, say something in general. Yeah, we might get a hint, yeah. The earnings information comes out the 25th. So that's when the conference call is. And they talk to, you know, they give their prepared remarks of what they want to share. 
and present some ideas. And remember, all the predictions so far have said that iPhone sales are going to go down over last year because this is the most difficult compare quarter. They, they also said that it was supposed to be down 10% last quarter in the winter quarter, and they weren't down. They were up slightly. Something to watch is the fact that everyone has been predicting that iPhone sales will go down compared to the blockbuster iPhone 6 sales cycle that happened a year ago. So January, February, March of last year. I think what we're going to see with the SE is that's going to give it a boost and it's going to be a very close call, if not better. Now, remember, technically, the iPhone SE shipped for one day. But one day could mean several million units, and that could be enough to a decent loss to a slight loss to maybe just keeping sales on par with last year. Right. It's also important to remember, even though analysts put a big emphasis on this quarter and last quarter, and it doesn't matter what quarter Apple sells its phones in. It matters whether Apple sells them. So if you, if you step back and look at things long term, all this niggling about how many, and in many cases, there's a different number of days in the quarter. There's different it's whether or not they've shipped in China or not, or, or there's a lot of timing that involves differences on a quarterly or monthly basis. None of that is really material. It's material to people who are you know, trying to keep stats of things. But in the long term, if you step back and look at things on an annual basis or over a longer period of time, there's not really any question that Apple has just destroyed everything that it's gone into. Now, let me just tell you one thing here before we go on. There was a published report early on that they had over three and a half million pre-orders for the iPhone SE only in China. Now, I don't know if those figures are correct. Obviously, we don't know whether all of those units shipped that one day in the March quarter. If they did and if they matched that number of sales for the rest of the world where it was available, it would be simply amazing. Yeah. This is something here. It's not the high-end model. It's just fleshing out the product line. And Apple can't do that. You see, Apple can't flesh out product lines, but certainly Samsung can because they've got so many different models. I have no idea what they are. Not a clue. By the way, that's another point I was going to ask. There aren't really that many smaller smartphones in the Android platform. They've all moved larger, haven't they? And the ones that are smaller are are generally sort of low-end things. And that's kind of always been the case. Apple, up till the 6th, they always had this form factor where it was originally bigger than every, every other phone. But as phones kind of surpassed it, all the companies making sort of a high-end phone tilted towards a bigger phone because that's what people had associated with being uh, worthy of spending more money on is if it had a huge screen. And LTE was also a major feature going forward. And that kind of required a bigger phone because it, needed a bigger battery, it created more heat. So the a couple things driving bigger phones in, Andro- in the Android world were LTE and you know simply having a bigger screen. Both of those premium features were, were driving prices higher, so everything smaller was less expensive. It was like a low-end model. And Apple's continuing to now have the only kind of high-end modern smaller phone. So Apple changed everything because they're saying... You don't want a big display, fine. Here's something with 95% of what you get. An iPhone 6S, you don't have 3D touch. Some of the parts are older, like the Touch ID sensor. You get 95% of that in a much cheaper product with a smaller screen. So wanting a smaller screen means you no longer have to sacrifice 
quality. But does that also mean that Apple may actually cut the price of the next high-end iPhone? Because they can. Probably not. I mean, unless there's some incredible reason why. I mean, I think iPhone 7 is going to introduce a lot of premium features. I mean, one of which is a much better camera that obviously, I mean, every time they introduce new new devices, like the new high-end, it's going to carry you know a premium price. I don't think Apple's going to try to raise the price, but I, I think the price is never going to go down and unless there was tremendous pressure upon lowering the price. And what we've seen with Macs and PCs and with previous phones and Android phones is that even a significant difference in price is not changing the demand for iPhones. Even though there's much cheaper alternatives, they're also not perceived as being as valuable. And if you look at every other luxury brand, it's always the same. You know, if you want to buy a high-end car, you're going to pay more. And the fact that there are cheaper, low-end cars, even that, you know, some of which are not terrible, some of which are like pretty good cars, that has never changed the fact that high-end cars that people recognize as being sort of a status symbol are always uh, have carry a significant premium. The thing I want to mention about luxury cars quickly, because you still have your BMW crossover, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. The thing here is to bear in mind that a lot of the reason that these luxury cars are expensive is because they stick a lot of expensive stuff and hype value in them. So, for example, you go to Germany, you take a taxi cab, it might be a BMW or a Mercedes, but I guarantee you those cars are priced about what family cars are. They're not priced, you know, $50,000. No way. Well, brands are different in different regions, yes. Okay, But take, for example, the fact that Toyota puts a lot of stuff into the high-end Camry. Now, the low-end Lexus may be no different for that Camry, except for maybe a little more polished wood or something for most of the features, but will sell for a lot more because Lexus is a luxury brand. Therefore, it's a lot more. Even nowadays... For example, Volkswagen, you look at a Volkswagen Passat and you say, what's, you know, they cut the price of it. They build it in Tennessee. It's the same price as a Toyota Camry. But having driven one a lot because a friend of mine bought one and he let me actually review it. It's very much like a Audi A6, but it doesn't have all the fancy wood inlays and all that other garbage. But as a pure driving car, in terms of room and comfort, it's not much different, but it's $20,000 less. Yeah, I think it's the same chassis. I mean, Audi, Volkswagen, and Toyota, Lexus, whatever. That Those are examples of selling a product under a different brand name to create, sort of, to, to leave the, the fanciness associated with the higher end, attaching that to a higher price. And you kind of see that with Apple Watch. Um, the fact that Apple initially priced it at a higher higher premium over other smartwatches and they issued versions that were you know the gold ones were quite expensive for an electronic device that kind of creates a halo of people thinking oh you know there's a version of this it's ten thousand dollars so mine that costs five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars is, is also cool it has the same features and i'm cool with that makes it easier to pay that much as opposed to thinking you know i'm comparing this to like another basic watch that's like two hundred dollars I want to talk more about the Apple Watch now that you've raised it. And we have one more segment. So let's kind of move to that segment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday, May 14th, 1 p.m. Go to www.cdocinarkansas.com. That's cdocinarkansas.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org.
we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So with Apple Watch, Apple cuts $50 off the price of the low-end versions. Is that because they can? Or because they just want to move more product ahead of the introduction of the next model? What do you think? I think both. Uh, you know, when the iPhone first came out, it was quite an expensive thing. And then when they realized what kind of volumes they could sell, two things happened. One is, if you know you're only going to sell a certain number of things, you have to have the price higher to cover your expenses in building it and to cover the overhead of building it. The fact that Apple has now sold millions of them means they've already uh, covered some of the cost of manufacturing, ramping up manufacturing and development and all this stuff. Uh, and also, over time, the, the cost of producing those, all those components is going down. So it's becoming cheaper to build watches. And they now, now that they've sold, the, like you're saying, now that they've sold to most of the people that want one, or you know, some percentage of that, they can now lower the price and uh, expand that to other people who are not going to be interested until the price hits a certain point. So a lot of it is, is kind of a measure of both. Now, let me talk more about the Apple Watch as a comparison. So now it is $50 more than the most expensive Pebble. All right? So Pebble's smartwatches, I start about $100 or so. And they come to within $50 of the low-end Apple Watch. But now Pebble has been living on venture capital and Kickstarter investments. They're not making money. So now with investment capital drying up, you've probably heard this, Daniel, they're cutting 25% of their workforce. Now, if people were really sensitive to price on smartwatches, they would pick a Pebble because that's the cheapest model. But they're obviously having problems. Yeah, Pebble's been struggling for a while. I think Fitbit is probably the most uh, likely the strongest of the things that are competing against. They have There's a lot of people that like it. And they're much cheaper. You know, they start the, the, the basic ones that are, you know, not like an Apple Watch, but the basic ones start at like $60 to $100. I, the Blaze, the one that they came out with, it's more like a watch is, what is it, something like $200 something dollars. But um, it's also does not look like an Apple Watch. And I think Fitbits, most of the people that, that like a Fitbit are buying in a much cheaper version. So it's kind of hard to compare against the Apple Watch, but we'll see how that works out on how many people want to watch. I'm actually seeing a lot of watches when, you know, when you go out and you see people wearing, I'm kind of surprised how many people are wearing an Apple watch now. And they're wearing it for a number of reasons. One of which is because it integrates with the phone so well. And so many people have an iPhone. So I think it's, it's doing two things. One, it's kind of expanding. It's, it's sort of an accessory for the phone. And the other is that um, it's a kind of a status thing of I'm wearing like the neatest technology on my wrist and I'm, enjoying it kind of thing. Pebble's trying to move their products now and they're selling them for 10% off. The cheapest model is the Pebble Classic for $99.99 minus the 10% discount. And the next level up is $149.99 for the Steel and the Time. The most expensive one is the Time Steel for $249.99. But you know what? They give you 10% off if you want to get one. 
And it does work with iOS or Android, but that doesn't mean a lot because it doesn't do a lot. Daniel? Yeah, it's a much simpler product. I, I, I don't think Pebble is doing well, and I don't think if a company is slashing their products, it's an indication that they're likely to survive very long. Um, I mean, if you look at their kind of financial background, like you said, it's sort of experiment level. It's not we're selling a profitable product that's going to allow us to develop the next big thing afterward. Where Apple has clearly has the ability to radically enhance the watch going forward, and it's it's kind of being created in tandem with other extremely popular products. Obviously, the iPhone, and there's there's so much health kit, home kit, other related stuff that's attached to it. That there's a lot of things that it can do that going forward that. If you look at right now what people are buying or what people are excited about or what people are willing to pay for, I think Fitbit has some runway. Runway. I think Apple has a lot of potential, and I think Pebble is probably going to be left in the past. Let's just move to one other topic before we go on and end this segment. And that is with regard to Tesla. 325,000 people placed advance orders, actually just reservations because they're not obligated and the deposit's refundable until the thing really ships. 325,000 advance orders. That's the same number of cars that, for example, Mazda sells in the U.S. in a full year, the same number similar to what a Toyota Camry sells in a full year. This is in the first week. So now, are you going to buy a Tesla 3, Daniel? I think if you trade in your Bimmer over there, you'll get enough to put a good down payment on one. <laughs> well, I, I very much want to sell my car, but I also don't really need a car right now. And I think there's, I think for me right now, there's a lot of options in terms of ride sharing and, you know, they have car to go kind of things where I'm at. And then also, I don't know, I'm, I'm plotting a move to Germany. So I'll have to Why see. Why do you want to go to Germany? Something new. I want to try living on the other side of the pond, explore the other side of the world a little bit. I'd like to go to another country, but I think a lot of people want to do that because they're afraid that Donald Trump might be elected president. And I think people are already looking to Canada or somewhere, anywhere, just to get away from here. But as far as cars are concerned here, and we don't know that Tesla can even produce 300,000 cars a year. They have a plant there in Fremont, California that can handle half a million, but Tesla's going to have to do a major investment in sourcing and personnel and production facilities. Let's assume that they could produce a lot of cars. Does that give an incentive for someone like Apple to come up with an electric car too now? I think Apple is, is pretty well aware of what they can do. And you've seen Apple enter into a lot of markets where it didn't seem like there was any potential. I mean, remember Steve Ballmer laughing at the iPhone because it was so expensive. Apple's a pretty good idea of where to price things, how to come into it, what to bring to, to get attention. So like we did with the, the iPod and the iPhone, iPad, what they've done with new Mac models, I think Apple's one of their core strengths is knowing what people will buy, knowing what kind of features people are willing to pay for, how much they're willing to pay for it, and then also incredible ability to do global operations to develop that and to get it into the channel and sell it. I mean, obviously a car is a very different product, but that's certainly something that Apple's been looking at for some time. And, you know, the, working on a lot of things toward that, I think it's certainly a possibility. I mean, obviously. But it shows that there is demand for, for that. 
And I think things are changing rapidly too. So you not only have to look at, can, you know, are there going to be this many people willing to buy an electric car? You also have to look at other things going on. When you start looking at self-driving vehicles, it totally changes how everything works. Yeah, you're looking at cars that could take you places without thinking a lot. So that kind of changes the whole demand curve. And Apple's aware of a lot of things like that that, that they're looking into. Daniel Aaron Dilgard, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I'm on Twitter at Daniel Aaron, E-R-A-N, and I write for Apple Insider. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shot for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to bigbuckriches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to bigbuckriches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Hi, my name is Nick Lupo. One World Way has been by far the best protein that I've ever had. I take it three times a day. Once in the morning as soon as I wake, once for a pre-workout snack, and once for a post-workout recovery drink. It has helped me transform and sculpt my body into what I have now. I began taking the product about two years ago, and boy, let me tell you, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've seen major muscle mass gains and have 0% body fat. I have had people at my gym ask if I compete in bodybuilding because of how lean and muscular I am. I used to suffer from 
everyday aches and pains from hard manual labor my whole life and arthritis that runs through my family. But One World Way has helped me take that everyday pain from a 10 to a 3. Some days I feel no pain at all, just full of life and energy. It has also helped my skin look younger and healthier. Thank you, Synergistic Nutrition, for One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Computer World's Apple Hollock, Johnny Evans, and he was saying to us before. We started that he's been working really hard and he's tired and he's shattered. (laughs) And I started thinking, shattered, shattered. Love and hope and sex and dreams are still surviving on the street. Look at me. I'm in tatters. I'm a shattered, shattered. Lyrics from a Rolling Stones song from many, many years ago. (sighs) Hello, Gene. How you doing? I can't say anymore that you sound like Bob Hoskins because he's dead, and I don't want to say you sound like a dead man. No, I, I, I don't really want to sound like a dead man. Well, you sound pretty alive <laughs> to me. You don't sound shattered at all. Ah, thank you. It's my, it's my sibilant little voice. I'm like, as I've said before, I've got the kind of face that suits radio. Well, um, they say that to me also. That's why you only see a picture of me on Facebook, and that's why people don't want to befriend me anymore. <laughs> hey, what's happening? You know, I'll talk to you about something here. There's an article you did for Computer World, and I guess you're kind of ragging on Apple TV that Apple could really use it as an educational tool, but they're not. But let me tell you about Apple TV. So yeah. I talked to my Apple PR rep, and I said, can you get me an Apple TV? And he says, you've got to wait a little while. Okay, so finally... I get an email from this PR person, and they said, we've got one for you. So I had him confirm my mailing address, just the same time that Apple's sending me an iPad Pro. Also late. You see, I'm not Recode. I'm not Walt Mossberg. I'm not David Pogue. So, of course, instead of being first on the list, I'm number 37,000. Whatever it is. Yeah, I get the product eventually. So actually, as we speak, I'll probably have an iPad Pro in here. So I asked about the status of the Apple TV, which is not an expensive product. I mean, Apple surely can afford one Apple TV and send to Gene Steinberg, right? Yeah. Well, he he writes back, I goofed. I thought I had one for you. I don't. So the long and short of it is, I'm not getting an Apple TV today, probably not getting an Apple TV unless I buy one. Should I be disappointed? I'm getting more and more, um, I, I, you know, from the point of view of whether whether you should be disappointed, you, you 
don't get one. Um, I think be disappointed if you're not using one because they're kind of fun. <laughs> um, 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 in the, I'm, I'm using Apple TV a lot. I'm trying to sort of do as much of my entertainment stuff through it as I can because I'm just trying to really get my head around it. Um, and uh, and while I'm not perhaps the world's biggest gamer, um, I am really kind of enjoying the way you can sort of um, uh, surf through channels, um, begin to find and get hold of channels which you otherwise won't won't find. Um, but I am really curious about how to use it as an educational medium. Quite apart from using it for presentations and, and, and sort of interactive medium like that, uh, it seems clear to me when you're watching TED talks that there's a real opportunity to make some quite engaging educational experiences i hate that expression experiences but educational opportunities to 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 help people learn things for all kinds of different groups not just children but also for adults not just casual learners but also for employees Uh, there's there's a massive opportunity there partially because it's apps partially because you can distribute apps securely um i I just think there's a a whole host of unexplored areas which I'm, I'm sure won't be unexplored for too long because when you think about it it's so obvious extending obviously beyond the presentation capabilities certainly yeah. a student can use it at home hook it up to their tv set and do things with it it seems like it's rich with a lot of possibilities but yeah. isn't that the issue with the apple tv that you have this blank slate as you did with iphone when the apps came out as you did with ipad and some feel there's still certain things on the ipad that could be done but aren't being done. So Maybe we have either. all these capabilities with the Apple TV, yeah, yeah, but not being fulfilled yet. Only the iTunes U. I, I, I really find it difficult to f- figure out why they didn't do an iTunes U app from day one. It would have been a really useful thing. Conceivably, it could be a useful thing. It's possible they're going to do, you know, I, I imagine they'll do iTunes U as some kind of an iterative upgrade. Next time iTunes U gets some attention, it will. There's a cycle. Um, but, you know, access to some of the best podcasts from some of the best educational minds, and we can have that on our phone, and we can indeed stream it to our Apple TV using AirPlay, but we don't yet have it with the Apple TV, and the Apple TV provides other opportunities for, um, uh, for, 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 for interaction, which you don't necessarily get with a tablet or don't necessarily get with a phone. I'm, I'm think about um, uh, the, iPod, the iPad Classroom technologies that Apple are also working with, where you have multiple students there's, there's, there, I, I can see big opportunities for connected learning, particularly for distance learning, and particularly in terms of providing. I mean, a lot of people will laugh at this, but if we can use technological solutions to bring education to wider markets of, of schools which are otherwise quite poorly resourced, for the price of the equipment, they can have three years access to some of the best educational facilities. Um, people will always so focus and say, but they need textbooks, and that's true. But if you can get a textbook on an iPad, and the iPad is also everything else, then that's a net saving, right? So um, um, without wanting to become too sort of millennialist in in, in terms of being a, a totally for, uh, in favor of, of the technology, I just think that the opportunities there are, are, are quite exciting. I'm not an educator. I can't quite see how they would be applied. But in years of writing about the education space, my gut feeling is telling me that there's a huge opportunity for education in Apple TV. Maybe I should have said that in the first place. <laughs> I notice if you go on eBay, you can save 25 to $50 on the price of an Apple TV. Just thinking here, maybe I get a little windfall, financial windfall, a new advertiser. <laughs> I might invest a small amount of the money. 
and new Apple TV. But I'm still thinking, though, whether I really need one. The reason is that so far, the only thing I've used Apple TV for is Netflix, which I can get from my DVD player also, my Vizio DVD player, or for renting stuff, a movie from iTunes. I um, question how slick the interface may be on your DVD player. It might be really good. I don't know. They do vary. Um, I've got a, a Sony Bravia, and, uh, and I find that the interface for the for the, it's a smart TV, right? So, uh, but I find that the, the the remote control system to access content using Sony smart apps is 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 much more clunky and much more limited. And I do like the. Uh, intimacy of the interface you get with the siri remote i like that i think it's a it's a good it's a good evolution in in, in remote controls you can uh, things that both that me and my partner both love is the, is the idea we can just say hey um, what did he just say and it will rewind 15 seconds and uh, that's really quite useful so i think i think little bits of uh, flexibility to enable you to sort of get a little bit more out of your sit down experience is, is good but then again you know there's a there's an argument also, isn't there? So why don't you just get up and turn the channel back? Why don't you just get up and use, you know, why are you using a remote control anyway? Get off the sofa and do some sport. But, uh, but sometimes you like to use a remote control and you want to watch some TV. Well, of course, if you have 300 channels on your TV set, the only thing you have to switch channels is the remote control. There's no mm. other access to that. Now, as far as the Apple TV, I have the third generation model. So as I said, Netflix and renting stuff from iTunes... Now, the interface for Netflix on an Apple TV isn't that great because you have this tiny, teeny remote and you have to go up five levels and down five levels and hope it remembers the last episode of House of Cards that you saw or the last episode of Daredevil. And I'm behind. I'm way behind in viewing those shows, so I maybe will have to catch up. In the meantime, the thing that disappointed me about Apple TV... And I don't know how much this impacts you folks in the UK. But we in the colonies have something that's called 4K, which mm -hmm. is enhanced resolution. I don't have a 4K set yet, but I'm talking to a couple of manufacturers to get a chance to review one. So we'll see. Then we have to look at Apple TV, which does not have 4K. But we do have Johnny Evans, the Apple-holic from Computer World. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You've asked for it, now he's coming. The amazing pharmacist Ben Fuchs, live in Minneapolis, May 5th. Seating is limited and tickets are free. Call Rose at 763-291-5052. Reserve yours today. Again, pharmacist Ben Fuchs, live in Minneapolis, 763-291-5052. If you haven't heard Ben Fuchs on Alex Jones, George Norrie, Joyce Riley, and so many others, stop by thebrightside.com. Ben Fuchs, live, 763-291-5052. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So Johnny Evans, Appleholic from Computer World, and Appleholic is not a drink. And maybe Johnny wishes it were. But 
<laughs> to be very serious about it. You see my point about Apple TV? Do I really need it to have more flexibility to watch Netflix? I don't know. It depends on you, really. I, I, I really like the ease of use. I really like the, uh, the, 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 the facility. I've always hated remote controls. I've always hated all the buttons. I've always hit all the wrong buttons. My eyesight's not all that great anymore. I'm always hitting the wrong buttons. I like it that I can say to Siri, I just turn over to that. And five times out of 10, it gets it right. <laughs> um, um, so for me, I, for me, I find it very useful, but that really is a sort of, it's a subjective taste, isn't it? So I, I couldn't possibly say whether for you it would be great, but I can say for me, I like it. I look at it this way. <laughs> if I buy an Apple TV and I don't like it, mm. I ask for my money back. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> You won't, <laughs> I think. You might. But the I mean, issue can... about 4K, we raised the mm. issue about 4K, about the lack of 4K. What is your take on that? Do you think Apple made a mistake, or was it better to wait for the standards, such as enhanced color, to kind of stabilize? Uh, I don't see a problem with it yet. There's not enough 4K content yet available. There's still problems in terms of distribution of 4k material online and, and and physically this will change i did expect it to have 4k i expected 4k to be sort of accelerating at a faster pace than it is i imagine that we're not you know over the next 12 to 24 months we'll start to see those things appear and 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 to be honest i look forward to sort of ultra hd um itunes movie services and, and things like that in the future because they that just makes it's a no-brainer it's going to happen somewhere down the line when 4G turned up, when it first turned up, when it was just beginning to be implemented by some of the carriers in some of the countries, and if you cast your mind back, there, was, there were numerous conflicting standards. Different radios were required to support all those standards. It hadn't yet arrived, you know. It was coming, but it was not yet consistent. Um, it took about a year of various kinds of implementations on the marketplace before it became a standard which you could easily and cost-effectively deploy um, and that's, of course, when, when Apple did deploy it. And, and so with 4K, I imagine we'll see a similar sort of curve. Um, right now, I just don't think it's there. I don't think the demand for content's there. I think Apple's focus in, t in 4K is very much, you know, they're, they're aiming at helping people make 4K content. Distribution will happen when there's enough material there to distribute, surely. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary just yet. Will be. Not yet. Now, are 4K sets popular in the UK? Um, I, I think people in the UK are, are kind of uh, struggling a little bit and uh, high-end consumer electronic sales across the board have been suffering here. So um, perhaps not as popular as the manufacturers wanted them to be. Well, they're coming down in price, which is a very significant issue right now. Mm. So, for example, we have one of our regular guests, Josh Centers of Tidbits. He bought a 49-inch Vizio last year's M class for about $500. That's a pretty decent 4K TV. $500. Now, a couple of years ago, you couldn't even get a 49 inch regular 1080p TV for $500. Sure, but what do you watch on them? <laughs> well, in his case, obviously not much because there's not much 4K content. So it's the cart horse concept, but it looks like more and more of these sets are getting cheaper and cheaper. So people will buy them because mm. they need a new set. And this is the newfangled thing. And eventually the content providers will figure out ways to deliver that content and we'll have it. Like this year, we're going to see 
4K Blu-ray. And I think there's going to be very few models at first, but we'll see it. Anyway, let's move on. This is another issue of, of how does it look from across the Atlantic. And that is the Apple issue with the FBI over unlocking an iPhone 5C. And we, to bring people back up to date, we saw sort of a solution where, where the FBI was contacted by some hackers. They had a solution. The solution worked. So that's all done, over and done with, except for the next skirmish, because that solution only works on an iPhone 5C or older. The newer models with the secure enclave, they couldn't unlock. What is your take of this? Are there issues of this sort in the UK? Yes, there are. Um, over here, we have a new surveillance bill, which uh, our evil Tory overlords are trying to force through, which also includes very similar prohibitions. In fact, the, the regulatory and surveillance powers that the UK government are trying to pass in double quick time uh, are even more repressive. In a, given the intelligence sharing that happens between the US and the UK, it's not at all clear what effect that will have on US citizens traveling to the UK in the event that they uh, are at passport control, say, find that the US, UK customs decide to borrow their phone for 10 minutes. Um, I'm incredibly suspicious of all of this. I think that encryption is key and critical to uh, almost everything. As um, We're looking at a huge digital transformation of everything in the world, every industry, every business, every single piece of electricity, every single piece of technology that we use is, is becoming connected from the street lamps to the car, to the home, to the phone in your pocket, to your fridge, to your kettle. Everything is becoming a connected item. As everything becomes a connected item, it, it begins to collect data. As data is collected, you have a right to privacy within that, surely. And that we've, we've not had a proper grown-up conversation in the US or the UK or anywhere else where we as people have been able to define where we stand on that. Um, I think it's a, a, a deeply important issue. I think that if if the, if those forces who wish to have complete uncontrolled surveillance get their way without those conversations taking place, then I think we're in severe danger of setting back the opportunity of this digital transformation and swapping it for a digital transformation into something really quite ghastly. Um, at the same time, you know, the biggest key argument is that once backdoors or security holes of any kind exist in anything, it's only a question of time till somebody else gets it. And if one government has access to those backdoors, then every government is going to want to have access to back those backdoors. And as soon as every government's got access to it, everybody else has it too. Well, it's, especially it's the great. US and the UK, because they're pals. Well, yeah, and Australia and Canada, oh, and South Africa and Israel. And, you know, Israel's pals at the moment seem to include, and, and you just keep on, you keep going round and round and round in circles. And you, you just sort of know that eventually somebody who cannot be trusted happens to be in with the right pal and they end up with that capacity. And then every criminal's got that capacity. Every single person has got that capacity. And suddenly you find that the person who happens to be working for an electricity regulator uh, or a utility provider who happens to control part of the utility grid from a, an application, a custom application they happen to run on their iPad, iPhone, or Android device. They suddenly find that their device has been hacked remotely from someone somewhere far away who has been able to dive in there, grab their codes, and has just managed to set up a major safety incident simply because somebody thought we'd all be safer if everybody knew how to get into everybody's phones. It's not true. We're not going to be safer. We're going to be less safe. It's a really bad idea. There is some legislation 
winding its way through the U.S. Congress now. But of course, the U.S. Congress has to figure out another way to pass a bill to block Obamacare. So they probably won't have time to get to this one. So that's it. Of course, in the U.K., we don't know if the parliament's going to get anything done because they were busy dealing with whether to allow Donald Trump to come into your country. <laughs> um, I think I think if, if Donald Trump uh, becomes uh, president of the United States, I don't suppose the U.K. will stop him coming. I'm not sure if many people in the U.K. will be that thrilled to see him. Well, look at it this way here. If he does become president... I only hope you have a spare room for me and Barbara and our dog Teddy Bear. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I heard that uh, a lot of people are, are, are moving to Canada um, as a uh, out of sheer fear. But you know, we're, we're we are. There's no doubt. Without sort of disappearing into the realms of politics, and I do think about politics, but. Um, um, that we are in a, uh, we we appear to be in a deeply divisive and deeply dangerous moment politically across the world, where if you like the forces of progression um, and uh, a positive evolution for human beings seem to be being quite heavily supplanted by a more uh, counter force who who have much more limited and much darker ideas and indeed much darker opinion of humanity. Um, I, I sort of still believe that humans can do great things. And if you listen to some of our leaders, apparently we can't. Now, I, I don't want to believe them. So I'm, I'm going to stick with my gut feeling. I think humans can do much better things and be really, really good. <laughs> um, um, I think that we can overcome all the problems and challenges we, we face if we work together and if we use technology and if we just act a bit more sensibly. Um, uh, but I don't we get much opportunity to follow that up through, do we? We have more to come with Johnny Evans on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. 
At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we'll never get it together. Maybe E.T. should land and send us a warning. Either get your act together or we nuke you. But Johnny Evans, I don't know how old you are, but there was a movie back in 1951, Day the Earth Stood Still, mm-hmm. where Klaatu came, and that was the warning that he delivered. But that's another show. We do another show called The Paracast, which is about the paranormal. And I tend to think that the world of technology is not about the paranormal, but what the heck do I know? So let's cover some other issues here. There's a story there with kind of a provocative headline that you did about Apple being an arms dealer. Uh, What, um, pray tell, is that about? Have you seen what they're doing? This wasn't my quote. It was a quote from uh, my uh, Niederman co-analyst, Laura. And uh, she said, um, basically, Apple is an arms dealer. What she meant by that is if you look at the sheer expanse, width and breadth of its business now, we are looking at a situation in which its business is so often judged by so many people as just the an industry of selling iPhones or selling iPads, and it's measured again and again and again as if it is just a box shifter just like Samsung. But in fact, it's, it's, a, its business is much more diverse than that. And if you think about it, and if you look at the uh, uh, services that it offers, everything from applications to iTunes to et cetera, et cetera, it, its, its business is actually not confined to the product. Its business is also defined by the things we buy to go with the product, the services we go for, uh, iCloud, there's a, Apple has been building a strong um, um, ancillary income um, around itself for, for quite some time. And, and now it's becoming, you know, it's we're judging it wrong. It shares are cheap. That's the basic bottom line of that article. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to do and what they're going to come up with, how big they'll grow. And that takes us to the topic of the Apple car. Now, this comes in the context of Tesla demonstrating a prototype version of the Tesla 3, which is a mid-sized car, supposedly a relatively inexpensive car. And I'll explain why I think that's false in a moment. But they got 325,000 people in the first week to plunk down $1,000 as a deposit towards buying this car. Now, to put things in perspective, of course, Johnny is busily in his head converting this to pound sterling. $35,000. You think that's cheap? That's the base model of the car. So Elon Musk says the average price will be 42000 Now you go to BMW and look at the price of a BMW 3 Series in the USA. And what do you see? Well, the cars start in the low 30s. They go into the 40000 plus range when you equip them with you know a couple of little things like a 
steering wheel and maybe some leather seats. Leather seats are optional on many models of a BMW. So basically, Elon Musk's affordable Model 3 is priced like a BMW. Now, what's your perception of this? I mean, would you buy a Tesla if there was a way to charge it in your city? Uh, If I had $35,000 and was in the market for a car, I might buy a Tesla. I lack $35,000 and I'm I'm not in the market for a car. And indeed, sad confession, I can't even drive. Now, that's one attraction about the notion of a self-driving autonomous vehicle, in that perhaps I'll be able to get one of those things and drive myself around. Um, Will that be the Series 3? I don't think it will be. I don't think we're looking at true autonomous vehicles until 2020 at the earliest. I think then we will start to see those appear as things that you and I can access. And perhaps then it's worth $35,000. But I I, I look at sums like that and they they kind of make me cry. I was just looking here. That's 24,612 pounds. And if we look at $42,000, which is what the average transaction price will be, that's 29,534 pounds. Okay. Based on current exchange rates. As I said, that's not cheap. The average transaction price of a new car in the U.S. is like 33000 which seems like a lot too. But that's an average price because people buy SUVs, they buy crossovers, and you have to count both the cheap and the expensive car. Now, to me, $5,000 is a lot. But you don't drive. Why is that? I never got around to it. I live in London. It's, um, we have public transport. You know, it's, it's, it, you, you kind of get round to things or you don't and I didn't. No, I understand that. If I lived in New York City still and didn't Mm. do a lot of traveling, I probably would not own a car, but I would learn how to drive. Mm. And I learned how to drive when I was living in Alabama, working at a radio station. And I had the choice every morning of taking a cab to work. And that was too expensive because I was really getting a low salary. And finally, I realized, you know what? The only way to make this affordable was to learn how to drive. So that's why I'm here. Of course, where I live now, there's no choice either. If I don't have a car, there's no public transportation within five miles of here. If that's, I'm not walking five miles every day just to take the bus or the light rail. Okay, (laughs) let's talk about Apple and Apple car. So does Apple come in with a car priced like a Tesla 3, which is the price of a compact luxury car? Do they make it cheaper? What do they do? One of the magazines, I think it was Motor Trend, did a mock-up of what the Apple car might look like, and it was an ugly car. I think it might be too early to really give an estimate of how much Apple will be charging us for for this car, if if there is a car, but I think there probably is a car, but we don't know what it will cost or what it will look like, and I very much don't think it will look like a circle with a couple of wheels on the bottom of it. Um, I think that was how Motor Trend visualized it with their team of crack designers. Um, Well, they uh, definitely are crack designers who are on crack. Well, I, 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 I don't know what you can get away with saying on American radio. I mean, oh, well, that um, we can <laughs> say. We can't use the seven deadly words. That's forbidden. But, you know, we can say a few things. We can be a little bit provocative. We're not completely blocked with that. I'll tell you, though, we've been working with the GCN network now for nearly six years. They've yeah. never censored a single word on any of my shows. And I guess the reason is because I give them clean product. Good. Before I met you, my friend, it's, it is. 
But okay, seriously. So you think Apple probably is doing something, but obviously they may not even make a production decision for a while yet, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I I try occasionally to think about pricing, and I just I, we're, we're we're looking at. We all know that there's two things which you buy in your life, which are the most expensive things you're ever going to buy. One is your car, the other is your house, right? Um, so we know that it's probably going to be expensive. But what we don't know is how expensive. And given Apple's stated mission to try to do something better to make the world a better place, does it really make sense for them to do so by introducing a really high-end vehicle at a really high-end price? I imagine then that part of what they'd be thinking would be at what price can we make maximize the difference that we're making? It depends on manufacturing. It depends on how they go to market strategies. Are Apple going to manufacture this themselves? Have you heard any rumors of any factories being bought by Apple? In which case, who's, who's, who is going to manufacture those vehicles? So who is manufacturing those vehicles now? Well, every auto manufacturer seems to be involved in it, and Tesla seems to be involved in it. Will Apple buy an auto manufacturer? It's a speculation that's not too far. Um, from a potential reality, it's one worth thinking about. There are, you know, with so many unanswered questions in terms of actual manufacturing, I find it very difficult to make a prediction on what the price could be. I'd like them to introduce it at a more affordable price that was more um, accessible to a wider cross section of people, particularly in the developing world, um, because I think that would be a more effective and probably an overnight, you know, success. Um, pricing is really difficult to visualize here because while I can see, you know, I get a sense of what the car is going to do. It's going to be sort of environmentally friendly. It's going to be sort of so voice control, maps, uh, Siri, connected apps, you name it. Um, but I can't tell you how much it's going to cost. I just can't see it. I can't see how they're going to make it yet. I think there might be, I think that might be the, you know, even though they appear to be investing a huge amount of time and effort in their vehicle at the moment, look at all the reports that are coming through, code names, use. Um, we don't yet know how they're going to manufacture it. Are they let's, going to be let's break here. China? Let's break here, John. We'll yeah. figure out about the manufacturing or at least attempt to. On the other mm-hmm. side, I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Johnny Evans. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com tech. That's RoboForm.com tech. Tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. 
Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. You've woke up to the deception. You understand how big government and corporations are controlling you. Guess what? The trail goes even deeper. When you want to learn the full truth, visit toolsforfreedom.com. We take you further into uncovering the conspiracy than you've ever been before. Click toolsforfreedom.com. Use coupon code radio to get a free DVD today. Or call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. Toolsforfreedom.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Johnny Evans from Computer World, where he writes the Appleholic columns. And we're talking about the possibilities of an Apple car. Where are they going to make it? Are they going to have one of the existing automakers do it for them? There might be some downtime capacity. I bet Volkswagen could use a little extra work over there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That would be one example. But let's consider what Tesla's doing. Tesla bought out this plant that used to be owned by GM and Toyota in Fremont, California, that can handle 500,000 cars. The best they could do is, I think, about 2,800, 2,900. So they got a lot of work to do just to ramp up for the Model 3. They are building 
a new battery plant, however. So the first thing is possibly Apple would go to one of the automakers and buy some of their downtime or buy one of their plants that's being phased out and remodel it. What do you think? Okay, so manufacturing, Apple says it likes to own the primary means of technology. There's an increasing move towards robotics as well. Um, if we're going to have a, a truly advanced car, why not? Why not create automated factories? One way, for example, Ameri uh, Apple may be able to bring jobs back to the state is to uh, is to create automated factories for its Apple car, in which case that would be a mighty and exciting venture, which in itself could conceivably do a great deal to make it a, a successful product. Okay. Obviously, it's not going to be solved tomorrow. Obviously, Apple is not going to admit to anything until it's time to actually have the vehicle certified, at which time there'll probably be a demonstration. Yeah, that makes sense. And we do know, don't we, at least we think we know, because so much of the speculation around Apple Car relies on what we think we know. But we do know, I think there's a, a testing uh, center somewhere in, in California um, where, where Apple are allegedly um, booking space to allegedly test things. Don't forget, they do have another go-to-market strategy, which is to create a technology which they can then license to auto manufacturers. Now, that's rare. They haven't um, done that, you know, with great success since the days of the clones. But, you know, they also haven't done a car before. It's not necessarily a bad way to bring their technologies to market. So, therefore, there could be someone producing a car in partnership with Apple. Yeah. Um, you can imagine they could... Uh, they could if you it's sort of like the Hermes watch strap, you could have the uh, Ferrari Apple car and the Ford Apple car. They both be Apple cars, but there might be a, a slight difference in plushness between them. Well, between a Ferrari and a Ford, the slight difference would be about two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of market that that cars are. I mean, it's a complex market, isn't it? In some ways, it's quite fragmented, and in, in other ways, it's it's quite it's full of potential. So. How will Apple bring it to market? Is there a one-size-fits-all strategy to, for a motor vehicle? Is there a, an easy way by which they can manufacture a, a product consistently in that kind of price range? How many sales would be a success? How many cars do you sell to be a success? Now, I've not looked into that, so I can't actually tell you. But, uh, I, you know, someone somewhere, probably a motoring journalist, will have a handle on how many cars of a particular model um, are sold worldwide every year. Um, let's imagine it's 30,000. Let's imagine it's half a million. What's the figure for success? How do you define success? If we can define success and if we can figure out different ways by which Apple could perhaps manufacture this product, then perhaps we can start to visualize how it will get to market and what kind of price it will cost. But there's so many unanswered questions, despite all the rumors, that I don't think we can speculate on price yet. I could throw something out, I figure out my bottom and say $30,000. But will it be $30,000? If it's not $30,000, does it suddenly seem cheap? <laughs> where do we go i i think they they probably have meetings about that you know they have meetings every monday where everybody sits there pretending not to know each other because they're all in top secret teams and uh tries to decide how much they're going to charge uh it, it's in it, it's it's a good it's a good rumor though it's going to keep us um talking for months on end well a mainstream manufacturer has got to be able to make like half a million or a million cars a year and we're thinking here in terms of tesla if they could build three, four hundred thousand cars a year after they get full production with a Model 3, that takes them into a small automaker, maybe something like a Subaru. But I don't know. 
And since you don't have a car, this is a very academic discussion. So let's move on to something else. Okay. Now, years back, we were told in businesses, we don't want anything from Apple. But that was about Max. We yes. got a PC, but Apple, nah, it's too expensive. It's a toy. Now we're seeing, though, when it comes to smartphones, in the old days, businesses would get Blackberries. But now, when they choose a mobile device, it's an iPhone mostly. That's how it's shaping up, certainly in the enterprise. And so how does this change? Well, there's a, oh dear, too many ideas. Let's think, let's think, let's think way, way back to, um, to the iPod. When that turned up, it was all very exciting. Everybody loved it. Windows users loved it. It was all cool. We all loved it. What happened? Apple puts out the iPhone. Hey, we all loved our iPod. Let's get an iPhone. And it went on like that. Now, somewhere down there, Apple managed to acquire the hearts and minds of, the, of, of, of if you like, high-end consumers or lots of consumers. And loads of people tried iPhones. Millions use them. Happy days. Um, now we have lots of people going into work. The people who are going to work now, particularly the people who are just turning up into the world of work, so-called, um, are, are, are probably younger than us. And guess what? They grew up with iPhones. They grew up with iPods. They're already used to Apple, and they know how to use Apple. They're familiar with it, and they know the difference between grotty, clunky um, systems which are built without finesse and without putting a user at the center of the focus of the application and, uh, and applications which do just as good a job but are built so they're easy to use, less time-wasting, less tedious, less just less torment all round, really. Um, and that's what people, these millennials, want as they come into work. This ties up then with the BYOD thing. You know, suddenly, suddenly we were allowed to bring our own phones to work. There are lots of reasons for that. But if you think about it, as the tools we need to use to do the jobs we do become more mobile, it's no longer the same situation as it was 10 to 15 years ago when a company had to invest in all the kit. They bought the site licenses. They bought the computers. All that equipment was expensive. These days, to do the same things, you have a product which maybe costs you $20 a month. So, you know, the means of production has become mobile and is now owned by the workers and the workforce and now has possession of, of that. And this has been this is this is creating a massive seismic change across the enterprise. Um, it's changing the way enterprises work. It's changing the way workers collaborate. It's changing. It's it's changing things. It's changing things even as fundamental as the way um, um, uh, um, uh, companies structure themselves. Um, there's a lot of talk now in, in amongst enterprise shops of of trying to get out of thinking in terms of silos. For example, if you think about how important social media is becoming uh, to 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 a company's marketing and customer focused efforts, some of those some of those social feeds are being controlled by the uh, uh, by the tech support team. Some is being controlled by the marketing team. Some is being controlled by the PR team. It's all in silos, and silos don't work because silos don't talk to each other. So this is actually a fundamental change in the way companies think about themselves and the way companies structure themselves. And the way- Let's do our break here. Let's do our break. We do a break with Johnny Evans. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So now, of course, companies now let their employees have Apple. And even more interesting I'm seeing here is that Say, when it comes to Macs, in the old days, you know, maybe the boss had one. Now we have IBM as a primary example where mm. IBM is deploying more and more Macs into the company. And they're saving $270 per Mac as they do. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> you know, think about that for a moment. How much money have companies squandered using Windows computers all these years? putting up with it. You think if you're saving 200 and change on every Mac, billions and billions of dollars, not quite as bad as military spending waste, okay? But still pretty bad, right? Yeah, people have probably lost a great deal of productivity and efficiency and indeed cold hard cash by making inappropriate infrastructure investments. I think it's been understood, though, for years, hasn't it, in the enterprise, that what makes best sense is to have mixed heterogeneous networks rather than having a, a monocultural networks. It's just you're more secure, you've got better backup, you have a line of defense in case some systems fail because by having mixed platforms, your business is, is kind of like a little bit less vulnerable. It just took a long time till the IT department got the memo, you know, and it also took a progression of technology to become mobile, which has opened everything up. You know, it's the iPod generation thing, isn't it? The iPod halo. People liked the iPod, so they would use their phone. People liked an iPod, so they would buy a Mac. Now they like the phone and they'll take a Mac to work as well, and they'll take a tablet to work as well, uh, specifically an iPad. And everybody wants to use an iPad Pro. We're just waiting for the applications to catch up even more. The pen, the iPad Pro with the, with the Apple Pencil is one of the most exciting drawing instruments I've ever used. I love it. I just really 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 <laughs> like how as i draw on that product the drawing that i'm trying to do appears instantly on the screen i've used lots of wacom tablets back in the day you know they really are competing with the best there it's it's, it's beautiful yeah it's it, the, the progression has been magnificent it has been strong apple now provide the tools that increasingly independent employees who increasingly are almost seen as journeymen they work there for a few months and then they move somewhere else it's there it's as if the apple kit is now the toolkit that those journeymen employees carry with them by choice it's like a saw or a hammer or nail for masons and carpenters the iphone has become the all-purpose tool of choice for today's modern employee and that's just how it is and the companies like it too and this is what's happening there it is <laughs> okay so we look at this for example where in the old days we had all this stuff about don't use macs and everything else now we look at sales where pc makers with few exceptions 
going down, down, down. Max sales are either increasing slightly or decreasing slightly, but slightly. The market, therefore, for Max is growing way ahead of the PC market. Who could have thunk it? The, the man who sunk it first was a, an analyst I, I respected hugely, actually, also from Needham and Company. He was called Charles Wolfe. He was a, a good, he's, 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 unfortunately, he's left us now, but he was, a, he was the guy who first began to really understand the fundamental significance of the iPod Holo way back in, I think, 2003. He saw it coming. It was inevitable as Apple won hearts and minds that more and more people would turn to the platform. Meanwhile, of course, uh, Microsoft really founded, possibly, I think, and I don't know if anybody in the world would agree with me, but don't neglect that part of Microsoft's platform dominance was based on steps, business processes it had taken, which were later proved to be unlawful and illegal, right? So it had the platform and it had built the market share, but it hadn't built it organically. It built it through, if you like, you could call it some form of coercion. Sorry to be so wishy-washy about how I articulated that. It had the market share, but it wasn't based on anything real. Apple was organic and is continuing to build a market share organically. In other words, Microsoft is receding to the level that it should be, and Apple now, in a slightly more free market, is expanding to the level it will become. There will still be Microsoft, there will still be Apple. With luck, there will be other people too, because I've always believed that mixed networks are best. It's a good rebalance. Well, I see also with Microsoft here, on the one side, they have these dumb commercials trying to show that the Surface tablets are better than Macs. And they're very confused. I hate the one with the bug ladies. I don't know if you ever saw that. I mean, they always play that during dinner time. So Barbara and I are having dinner, and we're looking at this. I don't need bugs. Take away the bugs, like this character who plays a bug expert on the TV show Bones. Same thing. Don't need to see the bugs or the, or the gruesome photos and pictures but that's microsoft microsoft has no taste have you tried windows 10 at all no <laughs> no <laughs> speaking Sorry. of no taste i just can't stop remembering the early days of my experiences using Macs, and it goes back to say the late 1980s and even the advantages of mac over windows were even more blatant then so i'm working in a printing shop or a pre-press shop. And we're using Macs to do production. We're creating ads and brochures and catalogs and stuff. And so at home, I install one of these terminal apps where you can go online and be a member of a bulletin board service. So, for example, I was able to do like a private instant message session with somebody else. So we'd use our modems and we'd call each other up, I guess. One would host the session, one would be the other party. So a friend of mine was a proofreader there and he was using a Windows PC. And I said, let's try talking to one another. We had formed a friendship. And he says, okay. And I get back to him a couple of days later. Are you set yet? Well, I got to fix a shell on my Toshiba computer, a notebook computer, one of the earliest notebooks, like 1989, 1990 or something. I got to fix a shell, create a shell session, which is fine if you know about command lines. Month after month, I asked him, 
You got working yet? <laughs> For as long as I knew him, as long as I worked at that place, he could never connect to me. Now, what did I do? Well, I installed the app, which took a couple of minutes installing from a floppy disk in those days. I entered a few default commands. I dialed a number and that was it. With him, he's doing this. And this is PC world. This is the world of the PC. It's a much better now than it was then. But still the same thing where they have this clunky, ugly interface. You take 10 steps where five would be useful and it never changes. And that's Microsoft. <laughs> yep. I, I can't say I was ever a fan of, of that way of getting things done. Um, it just didn't seem to be any way to get things done. Um, so when I came across my first Mac, which I think was a Mac Classic um, back in the day, uh, at a comic shop I used to work at, which used to belong to a guy called Jonathan Ross. And it was anyway a long, long time ago. Uh, and uh, we would sit there at the back playing Tetris and thinking it was the most amazing thing. Um, years later, when I find myself actually producing magazines on my LC2, um, in the days, of course, when you would do a Photoshop transition and you had to pop out for a couple of hours while, the, while it completed, um, you still knew that you had a machine that could go online that you could get onto the BBS services, that you could run Netscape 0.91, you could have a good time with. Um, yeah, you could do that on Windows PCs eventually. Well, the eventually. point being eventually. <laughs> Yet it was a situation here where the product that was best was not the number one bestseller. It was mm. Microsoft because, in part, all those shenanigans in which they engaged, if you think the Department of Justice action against Microsoft covered it, it was a fraction of mm. the things that Microsoft was doing. Your predecessor on the show today, Daniel Aaron Dilger, documented extensively all the stunts Microsoft pulled to get people to use their technologies, how they tried to steal QuickTime, literally steal it, mm. stuff like that. We've got more to come in one more segment with Johnny Evans. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigMoneyBig.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. BigMoneyBig.com. That's BigMoneyBig.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, it comes to this. Johnny Evans, the Appleholic. We're trying to catch up with him because we haven't talked to him since last year. So, and he's a busy bee. He's writing like 100 columns a day. <laughs> and then does, and that's before the afternoon. Yeah, it does feel like that. I get, I get furious writer's cramp towards the end of the week, and my brain begins to slow down, which is a shame because it wasn't very sharp to begin with. Um, but yes, this is me, Appleholic. We're still thinking about Microsoft, aren't we? Thinking about how Microsoft ended up being ahead and, and now seems to be. It's still a wonder to me after... Is it a decade now of Apple increasing its market share in contrast to the competition every single quarter? It's still a wonder to me how Apple's market share apparently remains at 7 to 8%. I sometimes wonder how accurate those market share figures are. Do you, Gene? Well, here's the issue. Especially IDC, not so much Gartner, but IDC. That's a company that's owned by IDG Worldwide. 
They still have Macworld Magazine online. They mm. once had the Macworld Expo. That company, they always seem to undercount Apple. And these are preliminary estimates, of course. So they can get away with it. But they sell these numbers to different members of the industry. You know, it's not something that's just given free, a free press release online. They're being bought and paid for by companies who buy their market research. Mm. That's how they stay in business. I guess the money's not coming in anymore from doing magazines online like Macworld or PC World or Computer World. I mean, you're part of that combine. So now, of course, you're biting the hand that feeds you. But whatever it is, the point is that the sales figures for Macs will never be 100% until you hear them from Apple. Amazing success, and a lot of it is the fact that Apple is focusing its volume on the mid to upper segment of the market. But the mass market PC, the $500, $400 PC, Apple doesn't touch that, and that's still the volume market. I uh, still wonder, where do we see them used? Who buys them? I hardly ever see people using PCs. I know lots of people, and I'm, of them all, three or four use a PC. Everybody else is on Mac. Everywhere you go, you see people using Macs. You rarely see anybody using a PC. So what's the trace here? What's really happened? Well, my so, wife went to the eye doctor last mm. couple of weeks, and she has to go every few months because she's a corneal transplant patient in both eyes. So she has to go back every so often. They have to test her for possible rejection. She has wow. to take these weird steroidal eye drops. In any case, we look at the equipment that they're using. This is a major firm where they have eye doctors. Major firm. They've got dozens of eye doctors. They're all around the Phoenix metropolitan area. And they're using something that seems to be running Windows XP with the interface from hell. I mean, doing simple things that got to go through menus and click this and go to that. And just to enter basic information about a patient is maybe five or six minutes of the session. So they invariably run late, like anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes late. Obviously, they're making a lot of money from this, I think, because they also do not just corneal transplants, not just giving you a fitting for eyeglasses, but they do LASIK surgery, all those state-of-the-art things. But you have to think about the efficiencies here. If they're using, wasting all that time where they can spend more time with a patient or maybe see more patients, they would make more money. They're not in business for your health. Well, they are in business for your health, but obviously it's to make a living. They're using this ancient operating system. And I asked a couple of the people there, why? Well, this is what they have. And maybe it's proprietary software designed strictly for their business, so they have no choice. But you got to think, you can't do this on a Mac. This is I it. mean, this heck, is... you could do this on an iPad with the right software. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I think there's three levels to that, isn't there? On the one level, you have the uh, legacy equipment, which is being maintained just to get as much as you possibly can out of the investment you made X, Y, Z years ago. Second, you've got the legacy software, which, as you mentioned, could be proprietary software developed purely for that company at some point several years ago, and it's in their interest to try and get the most out of that. And, but third, you know, it is inevitable that they will have to upgrade that kit at some point. It's inevitable because of several different things. Bits of it will stop working and not be able to be replaced. New systems will come along, and indeed new legislation will come along, which demand that they, they create systems which can do certain things which their existing infrastructure can't do. So, you know, there will come a point, even in the eye doctor, 
where someone is going to have to invest in new equipment. When they invest in new equipment, what are they going to do? Are they going to stick with the legacy stuff or are they going to move into uh, embracing the digital transformation that's taking place across all industry? And we know it is and get systems which are, uh, you know, fit for purpose, fit systems which won't just do the job now, um, but will also do the job tomorrow. They have some choice, I suppose, if they should be, if they pick a Mac or a, a Map Apple based system to run Windows emulators, and they can perhaps tweak another year or two out of their existing legacy systems, or have them running in the background while they take current records across. Not a bad option. But what will they choose? Will they choose to stick with Windows now? Will they choose with Mac? Or will they indeed, as you mentioned, think, well, maybe we can put all this in a tablet? And you know that there's a very, very, very vibrant ecosystem of uh, health-focused mobile solution developers now. Um, because health is something else which is being radically transformed by mobile processes. It's not just about the uh, sensor in your Apple Watch. It's uh, it's about how to how to how to how to do. You know, there was a, a I read last week. I can't remember the specifics, but an operation took place, a successful operation involving a robot surgeon that was controlled by a doctor in a completely different city. Now that may sound creepy, but it isn't creepy if you think about putting those robot surgeons in a remote mountain community in Bangladesh, is it? Then it's a lifesaver. These these incredibly um, sophisticated solutions are solutions which can quite happily integrate with iOS, with Android, with current operating systems. There's going to be a point at which legacy systems on which the current Windows market is kind of built are going to have to be upgraded and replaced. And right now, people have a really good freedom of choice as to which way they want to go, particularly since Microsoft seems now to be heading more and more deeply into the infrastructure. The newest versions of Windows 10 also have a Linux command line. Did you know that? See? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The thing I think that would really sell a company like this firm of eye doctors my wife goes to, what would sell them is someone comes up with a way to provide a turnkey system. It's all going to be on a Mac with iPads to take around to the individual examining rooms and we will seamlessly import all your data because it's got to be just basic tab delimited text or something got to be really primitive we'll pick up all your data so you have everything about your patients their insurance company relationships and everything like that we'll set it up and we guarantee within a few hours everybody who works there will figure out this new system that would be the ultimate way i really should talk to one of the eye surgeons who happens to be a really up-to-date guy and see what he thinks about it. Johnny Evans, can you tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do? I'm proliferating at the moment, but you'll find more of me on Computer World. I've just started running an Apple TV site on about.com for a few laughs, and I'm just putting a little bit more life into my own little tiny baby site, which is called applemust.com. You'll find me in other places too, but that's where I am these days. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Oh, Take yeah. A, yeah, that's because we're the Tech Night Owl. So therefore, if you look for Tech Night Owl, you can follow us. Maybe we'll follow you. I'm kind of lazy about Twitter. Maybe the place is too pithy in terms of comments. I also have a Facebook page. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy in the red plaid shirt, which I still own. If you see him, no doubt he's me. We've got another radio show, by the way. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we're going to talk to David Robertson this week. And he's a religious scholar. And we're going to talk about a book he wrote called UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age. David Robertson, really genial guy. He's one of your fellow countrymen. He's from Scotland. Oh. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Also, check out our special 
subscription version of the Tech Night Owl Live at Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We offer a higher resolution version of the show. We take out 41 minutes of those network commercials. You never have to fast forward. You can listen to the show straight through. We offer this all for a low subscription rate. Check it out. Plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Johnny Evans, don't be a stranger. We want to hear again from you in the real near future. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Take care, everyone. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.